Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Corgi Town USA podcast. I am Candy. In my lap is Chuckles. He pops up and down every now and then, but he likes to make himself a nice little toasted bread loaf in my lap. That's right. And I am Catherine, and licking my leg right now is Digby. <laughs> He is my little boy. Mom is a tasty snack. Mommy is a tasty snack. <laughs> That's right. And we do have uh, Mortimer and Booger in the studio. Uh, Hammer will come in every now and then if we see him, but we're here with the Corgi Committee. And we bring you every Thursday episodes on um, Corgi and dog lifestyle. So we recently had a very big birthday party for Chuckles of the yes. Water Park. Um, he's a very spoiled boy. We raised some money for Shade Out DM in the process. That was wonderful. We had a we had a um a raffle and people were very generous to donate, and so we were very thankful for that. Uh, but also our friends are so generous because Chuckles has so many gifts <laughs> that I haven't even had a chance to go through all of them. Um, uh, so he was a very spoiled, very happy boy. We had dog cakes, we had people cakes. Uh, Jesse from uh, Macaron Art uh, made some wonderful corgi macarons. Je Jesse, yes, Jesse made wonderful macarons. And, and our friend dropped yours that we saved. There was for a macaron that was saved for me. <laughs> I was unable to make the uh, party, <laughs> and I got a text saying, um, you know, that that my macaron was dropped. I am still extremely upset. We're gonna have to order some more. Yeah, we're going to have to order some more. So anyway, we had this big party. And um, what I wanted to talk about today is uh, corgi momming. You know, as parents, uh, what it's like to, you know, have a corgi and some people who are first corgi owners or you yes. want a corgi. I feel like it's really good information to kind of exchange those stories. You know, as corgi moms, we exchange stories. And I became a fan um, of a corgi named Comet and his mom, Carmody. And as a fan, I reached out and I said, would you like to join Chuckles' birthday party? And they said, yes. Yes. And it was so fun and everybody was great friends. And so I thought we should bring on Carmody, Carmody. and have her talk about dog momming. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Our Didn't friend. hit the mute. <laughs> Comet and Carmody, welcome. welcome. Hi, this is Comet. Hi, Comet. Hi, Comet. <laughs> I love Comet. And we were just, so we were talking <laughs> off camera. Um, Comet has a tail. Yeah. Let's show everybody. Show them your tail, Comet. I love the fact that he has a tail. I, I've yeah. never had a corgi with a tail. All mine have been uh have been docked, but they're I love the corgis with tails. They're like squirrel tails. They're so big and fluffy. They are. They are. Fluffy. Um, it's so funny. Every corgi I've seen that has a tail, they have little like white little dipstick at the end. It's so yeah. it's so yeah. cute. I love it. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you for having us. Yeah, Sorry you can hear him squeaking. He's actually playing with one of the toys you guys gave us in our goodie bags. Oh, um, yay! A little lobster plushie. He's Aww. gone through some. Uh, it's gone through some things, but he loves <laughs> it's, it. It's seen some, seen some stuff. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that they're being enjoyed. Uh, that's awesome. I wanted to talk about uh, corgi momming, you know, because we, we yeah. like to exchange stories and kind of like what you've what you've learned in your quest with having a corgi. Um, so tell us, Carmen, how did you get started with corgis? How did you decide you wanted a corgi? And yeah, so I grew up with shepherds. I had German shepherds my whole life. I think wow. had two or three. Yeah. So I herding breeds just have like a little place in my heart. I love them so much. Um, I got Comet about a year and a half ago. 
So I was, I just turned 22 when I got him. So he's my first dog, like all on my own. My parents' house still. And so I was like, I really want a puppy, but like, I need a dog that can like chill with me in my room. Doesn't take up too much space in my parents' house. Like I can still manage him on my own. Um, I'm a very active person. I was a college athlete, played soccer my whole life. So I wanted a dog that was still very active but I couldn't have a dog that was like huge. And I loved big dogs my whole life. So I was like, what's kind of like a happy medium? I was researching breeds. Of course, everybody on Instagram loves corgis. So I was following yes. a corgi accounts. And I was like, let me look into like this breed. I never pictured myself having like a small breed, even though they're not really small. They just have short little legs. <laughs> anyway, so I researched them and I was like, they have high energy still. They, he can hold his own when I'm on hikes and things like that, which I love. Yes. But he's kind of compact fun size so like (laughs) everything I was looking for just fit perfectly in the breed even though I've never owned them before I was a little bit nervous because I had seen stories online like they're very stubborn they do what they want to do you have to have structure and I was like oh my gosh this is my first dog all alone like I don't want to mess it up but anyways that's how I decided on the breed just because of his size and his energy level still being that of like a big dog (laughs) To your point, I don't think you've messed it up. I've seen the two of you work together, and I think yeah. you're doing a wonderful job Thank of programming you. for what it's worth. <laughs> and I love that you talk about being young. My first corgi, Lilo, the most precious boy there ever was, <laughs> I got him when I was 23, and he okay. was my first dog. And Same. what was amazing to me is, like you, I grew up with dogs. Yeah. Of course I love dogs. I'm a huge dog person, and then I get a puppy – and then I'm completely moved and can't believe how much I love this little being. Right. Didn't know I had it in me. And I'm like, oh, I would die for this little guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life has changed now yeah. for the right. better. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Like I look at him and I'm like, what was my life like without or before <laughs> him? I don't even remember, honestly. He just takes up so much like space in my life that I'm like, <laughs> Yep. I don't even remember how I was before. <laughs> yeah, having corgis is a lifestyle. It's not just it is. I have a corgi. It's a yeah, lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. For so, sure. uh, Carmeny, what you, you had uh, shepherds your whole life, and and they tend to be a little bit more trainable. <laughs> what did you do to prepare for uh, the the? Corgitude, uh, the corgi side eye. What other, what other joyous things have you brought to my life, Digby? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that that, that whole just I'm a corgi. That's why. Honestly, I don't even know if you can accurately prepare before you get them, but I did my best. I so I was researching and I found this girl on YouTube. Her name is Rachel Fasaro. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with her, but I watched all literally every single one of her videos for like months before I knew I was getting comment and she's not specifically um like a corgi mom or anything like that but all of her content just is about like puppies and stuff like that so from the jump I just made the decision I was like okay I'm gonna do this right like right when I get him we're starting training and yeah I mean he was a he was such a good puppy I was so lucky like I know a lot of people are traumatized by the puppy stage (laughs) And like, it's rough for them. Like I've seen it in my old dogs, like my sister's dog, but he, like, I got so lucky. The puppy stage, like I miss it so much. Honestly, I'm, I miss it a little bit more than like his grown up stage. Cause he was just such a good dog, such a good puppy. He was crate trained. And like, by like the second night he was fine. Like, 
he made training so easy. So when people say corgis are stubborn, like, yes, he definitely is. But he loves he loves treats. He loves toys. So like finding what his high reward treat was or high reward like motivation was was the key, honestly. So okay. I just kept treats around. I kept toys around me. Um, that's honestly how I prepared. I didn't know exactly what I was getting into because I'd never had a corgi before. I had heard they're stubborn, but I had never right. like first, I never had a firsthand experience with the stubbornness and yeah. the side eye and the talking back. <laughs> oh yeah. But I think we're so good, like working off of each other, Comet and I. So it's really just like building that relationship. I spent so much time with him as a puppy, just like holding him, playing him. Like I was a student and it was kind of during COVID a little bit still. So I was able to like do my classes at home, which was really nice. So I was with right. him for like, I was with him every single day. Yeah. yeah. Day. So we built that super strong relationship. And then, so like now, even though he has attitude and he has his stubborn tendencies, like I know how to deal with it and kind of get him to listen to me in a way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it wasn't just it wasn't just one thing. It was kind of building the relationship, finding what makes him tick um, and just like working off of each other. Yeah. You found what motivates him. And yeah, I love that. Okay. okay yeah. So now for the bad news, I hear that the second child, I wonder if it, it goes to corgis. I hear the second child is. Yeah. Mm. My, my, oh my my Zelda was a rescue. Uh, when I had Lilo, my, my, my Zelda was a rescue and she was, she was hell on wheels, uh, yeah. but she was, she was also a rescue. So I didn't get the opportunity to train her from a puppy Pop. and she was kind of like a wild animal cause she's a rescue. So she didn't sure. come from that yeah. great of a situation, but yeah. I will say that I had a similar experience to you, Carmony with Lilo in that he was an exceptionally good dog. He was so incredibly smart yeah. mm -hmm. and responded very well to training. And yeah, so I got lucky too, but what that does is it, that makes you a, a loyal to Corgi them. I think. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, Absolutely. Gonna have well, mm -hmm. do you feel like you talk touched on this a little bit about small dogs and I've had people who have dogs and they say, I like big dogs. And my retort to that is you don't understand a Corgi then because a Corgi has a big dog personality. A hundred percent. Yeah. In a medium size with tiny legs. It's the best yeah. of both worlds. You get a compact yeah. manageable size dog with a larger than life personality. It's like the best. <laughs> Yes. I remember our friend. So Chuckles is bestie Jax. Our friend Jax yes. is a very large Corgi. He's not fat. He's just substantial. He's just substantial. That's yeah. what I used to call Lilo substantial because he was a pretty large Corgi. And uh, I remember her telling it was her boyfriend at the time. But before she got him, she wanted a Corgi. And he said, how big do Corgis get? And she said, oh, around 20 pounds. And she winds up with a 42 pound Corgi, twice the size, twice the size of what she had promised. <laughs> In that's the agreement. That's what I was expecting with Comet is because the breeder we got him from, she has very large corgis. So I was expecting him to get 30 pounds. And he's probably the smallest corgi at all of the functions, all of the events at the park. <laughs> he's like the smallest guy out there. So it's just like, I guess you never really know. It's kind of funny. I was expecting him to be a lot bigger. I would honestly would get a lot of comments when I, when he was younger, like, are you feeding him enough? Like he looks really skinny. And I was just like, yes, I am. I'm doing everything I should. He's just smaller and he exercises a lot. So 
Well, and he's still growing though. He is still growing. I I mean, I doubt you're going to have a 40 pound comment, but, but (laughs) I mean, he is still growing. So he might, he'll probably get a little larger. It it takes about two years to fully mature to their colors and their size. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, and I don't know if you had him next to Booger at all at the party. Booger is a little less social than the rest of my corgis Mm, and she likes her face, but she's very tiny. She's 16 pounds. Yeah. Oh, wow. But she's, she's a, all corgi. She's all yep. but she's a rescue too. So yep. I kind of suspect that maybe she didn't get the right nutrition in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, without digressing any farther, <laughs> um, you told us about some of your favorite things of having Comet. Do you do you have a favorite thing about being a corgi mom? There's so many. Um, so I'm I'm a dog girl. I. I'm a dog walker. I now run my dog walking company, social media and marketing. So I'm a dog walker. We do the big pack walks. I worked in dog daycares for the past like four years. So like I'm a dog girl and experiencing so many different breeds. Like what really stand, what really makes a Corgi stand out is their personality in my opinion. Yes. So him just having his own personality and just like seeing on his face, his expressions and like how he's so playful. And when he doesn't like something, he'll tell me. That's probably the best part of having a corgi is just how like just their personality and how much it shines through. Cause like in my shepherds, they're very loyal. Like they love pleasing you, but corgis are just so different in that they'll please you if they want to. And when they want to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They are on their watch. Yeah. Yes. I I think, I think that's why uh, I, I, I fell so easily into corgis because I've been, I've had dogs. Uh, I, I, been for 25 years or more just a cat person and even before that growing up it's cats cats will do what they want when they want to do it <laughs> mm-hmm. and so and so digby fell in right away that that whole all right do whatever the hell you want yeah. I don't know. <laughs> mommy is up to here and does not care anymore uh-huh and yeah. it, just like a cat so yeah. very much they're very they're very yeah they are the most some of the most expressive of the breeds absolutely I, we had brought a trainer on uh last season and i remember her saying corgis are hilarious and i thought that was such a succinct way to very. describe from a trainer corgis are hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> now i i have a question um did you seek out uh, a corgi with a tail that is unusual <laughs> yeah um i actually did it in the states it is in the states it is okay. yeah i was so set on having the cute little corgi butt the cute little no tail corgi and so i so the way i found comments breeder i was going through this website called good dog i believe and they kind of have a lot of reputable breeders i wanted to make sure i was doing it right i didn't want to just get a cheap corgi just because i could afford it you know what i mean so thank you yeah. for that thank you <laughs> oh, yes. yeah no, I, yeah, I wanted to do this the right way. I didn't want it to bite me in the butt with vet bills later on. So I was going through the list and I reached out to a few different corgi breeders, but what set this one apart. So he's from Bend, Oregon. The corgi breeder is called Dream Giver Corgis. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm in Southern California, so I flew up there to get him. But anyways, what set this breeder apart from the rest is that she actually called me and we had like a two hour conversation about how she breeds, why she breeds for temperament over anything else. Um, She's very holistic and natural. And her kind of paradigm is that corgis are born with the tail or they can be born with the tail. Um, So why would I like mess with God's creation in a way? I I love that he is, you know, unique and like natural 
And even though I had in my in my mind, I wanted that cute little corgi butt and just like the typical corgi, I was like, you know what? He's he's unique in his own way. Like that shouldn't matter to me. Yes. And he was a lot more expensive than some of the other breeders. Sure. But I really, um, I really vibed with the breeder and her, the way Philosophy. she. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So long story short, no, I was not looking for a corgi with a tail, but he, it just, it clicked. The breeder, yes. and how she breeds, like it clicked. So I clicked with the breeder and I trusted her and that's how I ended up with him because she doesn't dock any of her corgi's tails. Oh, <laughs> well, and that's, and to your point, Kat, that, um, so overseas in many countries, it's actually illegal. To yes. Tails. Yeah. yeah. The U.S. is one of the, yeah, the U.S. is one of the last ones that do it. And most, and I'm so glad that you um, found it. You know, we talk about that a lot here on the show about mm -hmm. good breeders. Yeah. We try and we don't recommend any one or two because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be colluded, but, yeah. um, but we, we always try to give people the framework on what to ask. And Absolutely. I think that you, what you've done here is wonderful. You had them actually talk to you and express mm -hmm. to them how much they cared about the breed, what they were doing. I would consider that a preservation breeder, which are yes. among my favorite Yeah, because sure. they're actually breeding to have healthy, well-bred dogs. Those dogs, like we talked to Melissa at East Coast Corgi Rescue, very seldomly wind up in shelters because those dogs are cared for their whole lives. The breeders will take them back if there's any problem. Yeah, very much um, so. Yeah. They care about their health and well-being. So I'm so glad that you found a good one. And, um, and that's also, and that's also not to say that if your Corgi is docked or if your breeder does docking, yeah. that that's a bad thing. No, all mine are docked. Yeah. Many yeah. of them, many of them you have to you know, that is surprising. Many of them you have to request for them not to be done, not to be done. It's, it's it's standard. So that's what, yeah, yeah that's right. And, and there is, and there is nothing wrong with that either. All mm -hmm. mine are, yeah, mine are, well, I have rescues, but, but yeah, my, my breeder purchases are docked as well. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. I'm so glad that you, um, that's actually a really wonderful, whimsical story. I love it is. that. I love the story. Talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's so, it was strange to me at first because none of the other breeders reached out to me. And yeah. after our phone call, I was like, I think this is how it's, this is how it should be. Especially right. I told her that I'm a first time Corgi owner. So she wanted to make sure I knew what I was getting into and that yes. I would be able to care for him for his whole life. Because obviously the last thing she wants is for her Corgis to be rehomed or in a shelter. So yeah, I would recommend to anyone, just do your research on your breeder and I would recommend just having a phone call because that's what really sealed the deal for me. Mm -hmm. um, not the price. I would highly go against just looking at the cheapest option if that's yeah, kind absolutely. of your mind frame. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we've, we've come to understand that in the West where we all live, uh, that it's not as bad of a problem. You have your bad players out there, but the Midwest mm -hmm. and the Northeast, we're having problems with puppy mm -hmm. mills and irresponsible yes. breeding. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but again, it, it does happen everywhere. So thank you for sharing that. And I, and I love that. I think that is wonderful advice to find a, um, a breeder. I've, you know, I have, I have both, I have rescues and breeder purchase Yes. Yeah. and, uh, bo both Mortimer's breeder and Chuckles breeder. Chuckles is my Mortimer was an accident kind of, but <laughs> Chuckles is my, uh, is my, you know, by design searched out a breeder, try to, you know, find that, that all the tests and things and so we always try to recommend that you ask those questions and I think absolutely to have that advice of being able to um, have the conversation and ask the hard questions and kind of fill them out to find out you know why is it that you breed 
you know? Yeah, exactly. So I want to ask, um, so we talk about like mom hacks, like we have a whole series on the show about a uh, half Corgi will travel. And so we talk about travel hacks, but is there, um, as you've come to explain to us and we know very well that the core, having a Corgi is not just, you have a Corgi, it's a lifestyle. Um, is there a mom hack that you find, you know, with, as you're traveling with Comet, it's a huge part of your life that you do a, a lot of things, almost everything together. Do you have a mom hack you can share with us? A favorite mom hack? So my hack would be, it's not like a, a quick, like one kind of stop shop. It's more like my hack is take them everywhere you can. So Comet is so well socialized. He loves car rides. He's calm in the car, which is what I wanted because I take him everywhere. So that's my tip or hack is take them as many places as you can, especially if you're able to get your dog young or as a puppy. Yes. Um, that'll set you up for the rest of their life. If they can be well, well socialized and calm in the car, because I have seen so many horror stories of dogs just like having so much anxiety or just flipping out in the car. And if you are like me and want to take your dog everywhere with you, that's kind of the first step is getting them um, used to the car, used to their crate, however you choose to travel. Right. Um, I personally don't use a crate in the car. I have like a little seatbelt and a car seat for him. But yeah. Um, yeah, from an early age, when I first got him, we took him everywhere in the car. So that's yeah. one of my hacks. Another hack, I don't really know if I'd call it a hack, kind of just a lot of people I think would agree is just crate training. Mm-hmm. Crate training has saved me in so many situations. Um from the start, I worked on training around his crate. I would throw treats in there. I made his crate like his favorite place. So he absolutely loves his crate. Even to this day, like we still have his puppy crate. I just recently got him a, di- a new big digs crate, a nice expensive right. crate. He chooses to go in his old tiny puppy crate. He squeezes himself <laughs> in there. He sleeps in there every single night because he loves it so much. So Aww. I would say definitely crate train, even if you're just like thinking about it. I know some people feel like it's restrictive or... I don't know, but it's been a lifesaver for me in so many different um, yeah. situations. It keeps them safe. Um, it allows you to work. I don't know if you guys work from home. I work from home now. Yes. So it's so nice to just like have him in there with a Kong or something to just keep him busy. Um, but yeah, crate training, socializing are the two biggest things I tell anyone when they get a puppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think those are great hacks. I, I agree completely. And I, we crate train too. Uh, typically when they get older as adults, I take up like Chuckles hasn't been in a crate in a long time, oh, yeah. but, but yeah. his first, you know, year, year and a half. Yeah. And Mortimer is not, has not earned his crate freeness yet. No, he has We've not. done yeah. it a couple of times that he gets himself into trouble. So. This, this is what Comet will do when he's unsupervised. This was just the past 10 minutes. So <laughs> For those listening, not watching, she's showing yes, us sorry. this uh, little toy that has been uh, R.I.P. to the toy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. R.I.P. to the toy. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, and I never uh, crate trained any of the dogs. And um, I remember many, 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 many years ago when I was in my 20s uh, and and um, the guy who was briefly my husband at that time, uh, <laughs> had, had a wonderful, wonderful dog named Kelly. And I, and looking back and looking at my own Wigan, uh, who is an Australian cattle dog, looking back at, at Kelly, I think Kelly might've been part Australian cattle dog. Cause he's that smaller. Anyway, um, Kelly was never crate trained. And I remember going to the, to the pet store once and the pet store owner, uh, 
explaining now by this time Kelly's about 12 years old but explaining that they like their crates and it's more like you would put a baby in a uh, a, a crib mm-hmm. when they're when they're first there and that was you know wonderful and we never crated Kelly and Kelly was an amazing dog anyway flash forward 25 years I did not have a dog Wigan uh, Digby came to me Wigan is of course crate trained um my fiance uh, always had show dogs and Digby came to me crate trained and he likes it and it broke my heart so the point being it broke my heart to see him in the crate for a while until I realized they like it mm-hmm. there it's a safe yeah. place for them and and yeah. the, to, to Carmen's point it's you know when you're training and your crate training you make it a safe space for them yeah. and that's that's how you have the successful training and for our newer audience who doesn't know digby was my foster yes and mm-hmm. uh he really took to cat and so that was how digby found his new home Aww. with cats so <laughs> my forever and he he was a little bit crate trained and i worked with him a little bit more as well to create that safe space for him so absolutely crate training was very valuable it it, it, it wasn't it, it continues to be now digby and wigan share a pen most of the time mm-hmm. sort of crate but they share yeah. a pen it's their safe space it's yes. their it's safe space wise. um be, because once upon a time uh mama felt you know that that we were being restrictive and uh and daddy did not and <laughs> and and listened to me and let them run around uh p.s dogs will eat jalapenos and it won't bother them no, don't the say more, that. They're not supposed to. They're you not supposed to. We got they, very lucky. I will not qualify that on the Corgi Town USA podcast. No, no, but that's what happened. You got lucky that they did it. They, but jumped, yeah, they, got up, it they jumped up on the table. They worked in conjunction with each other. Well, he also, Digby also ate the dreidels off the tops of the dreidels. Of the he, uh, he ate the tops the of holiday. the dreidels off the, uh, 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 yeah, off the Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, so. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, they will do what they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Busy so and naughty. So we great keep, training. Keep them Yay. safe so we don't have obstructions through tops of dreidels or oh. uh, you know GI upset or other issues by eating things they shouldn't. They they did they did go to the vet. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. the crate. The crate is good for those things. So I feel like I've just been traumatized. My sister dog when he was a puppy, he ate our drywall. He ate our doors. <laughs> he ate towels. Had the obstruction surgery like five thousand dollars later, and I. Oh I'm goodness. glad that I witnessed all this before I got my puppy because I just had in my head, I'm not doing that. I'm crate training. My sister's dog hated his crate because she would throw him in there and go to work for six hours. And I was like, that is not the way to do it. Nope. Um, yeah. So I was a firm believer in crate training before I got Comet. <laughs> yeah. You, you see the potential dangers. Yes. And, yeah. yes. and I learned that uh, Lilo, actually, my first quarter, he was not crate trained. Um, he was okay. just, he was always a really good dog. He didn't. Yeah tend to eat things but when i got my uh second rescue zelda she ate every single thing her nose yes. touched and that's oh, when yeah. we started crate trading yes so, and we did have obstruction surgery more oh. than once with her yeah oh, she no. she was reduced to a basket muzzle the first last couple years oh. i had her because i'm like you can't even go outside on walks because you eat things before i can get to them like, and they're so just, close to the ground it's so easy for them to just swipe something up quick always oh, yeah quick yep. and the drop it command is only as good as as oh. quick as you are and seeing mm-hmm. it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yes so as we're talking about, I do want to ask, um, you know, you talk about taking Comet everywhere. Do you have a favorite place that you've taken him so, so far? Yeah, we actually haven't done like any 
big trips so far. My biggest trip would be if like when I went to pick him up when he was a puppy from his breeder. But um, we do like doing little day trips. My favorite one. Can you guys hear me still? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, my favorite one is probably my my then fiance, now husband. We took him to LA. He was probably three months old, four months old. Aww. Right after he got, right after he finished all his vaccines, we took him to LA, gave him the whole LA experience since he's an Oregon dog. We took him to Griffith Observatory, took him to Olvera Street, got him some pup cubs. We gave him the whole celebrity treatment experience. Took him to the Walk of Fame, <laughs> all that. So that was probably my favorite trip, my most memorable trip. Um, but I really just love the day-to-day things, going to the pet store every week. What do you wish people knew about having perkies? Okay, so a few things. The first thing I wish people knew is that although they have short legs, they have a ton of energy. Mm-hmm. So they are not a lap dog. I mean, obviously it, it can vary from dog to dog, but for the majority of corgis that I found, they're not lap dogs. They love exercise. They love to get out and they need to get out. Otherwise they will wreak havoc in your home. So <laughs> yes, I wish people would be just prepared for how much exercise they do need and they need to get out every day. Um, the next thing I wish people knew is that they can have um, resource guarding tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of dogs can, but I know corgis especially can. And I I did see a few instances and in comment when he was really young um, of resource guarding. And so from that instance, I was like, nope, we're nipping this in the bud. I did so much training just to get him comfortable with my hand being in his food, my hand being around him while he's eating. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad we did that from early on because it can just get worse. I've seen it with my sister's dog. It's so bad. And it's it's heartbreaking because those are the reasons why corgis get or why dogs in general get sent to the shelters because, um, yes. because of aggression or just things that slowly build over time that people don't necessarily realize. And then one day it's just too much. So they can have resource guarding tendencies. So just kind of do your research and um, maybe get a trainer, I yes. would suggest. Um, but yeah, exercising, training, we've talked, we've touched a lot on the stubbornness of them. Be prepared to be talked back to often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Be prepared for their loud bark. They're small, mm-hmm. but they are mighty in voice and in spirit. Yes. <laughs> so yes. They're very talkative dogs, which I hadn't experienced before. So yeah yeah but yeah overall they're so great he's my favorite breed by far that i've encountered and i've encountered a lot of them um yeah he's he's perfect in my eyes of course (laughs) he is is. (laughs) we couldn't agree more (laughs) and and yeah complete agreement on all of those points we agree they are busy um, and then we've talked to trainers, you know, they talk about there's many types of stimulation. You yes. have your physical stimulation. They mm-hmm. do need exercise, um, but also mental stimulation. Oh, so the, yes. yeah, the training and the interactive toys are good for that. I love um, enrichment. He loves his enrichment toys. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we have those. Those weren't really a thing when Lilo was a puppy, but I'm glad oh, that, yeah. they've, that they've caught on, that they're mm-hmm. part of, you know, pet ownership. So. Yes. Right. Yeah. 
It's great. <laughs> well, we will let uh, you and Comet get on to the rest of your adventures Absolutely. for uh, the afternoon and evening. But thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, so you for joining us. Yeah. yeah for reaching out to me. I love your guys' account. The birthday party was so much fun. We met so many people. It was so fun. Did you try the macarons? Oh, my gosh. Delicious. Don't yes. even. Don't even. <laughs> Don't even. Don't even. Marvin. Marvin, if you're watching this, you're in trouble with me. <laughs> if that hits a sore spot, if it means anything, they were delicious. No, wait. Yeah, I tried. I tried a little bit of it, and then I was so busy doing the party that you know I actually saved one for Cat, and then our friend oh, dropped it, so I had to text Cat oh, and say, "We saved you one." The whole party, I was able to save it for you, and then it fell to yeah. the ground, and she's. You know, our friend is never going to live it down that oh, yeah. she didn't well, get her back yeah. on. No. There's always next year. <laughs> There's always next year. Exactly. Well, we might have them earlier because uh, Mortimer's birthday is Mortimer oh. and I share a birthday. Yes. So, oh, no yeah. So we, we might we might do the Macrons again because those were Sounds a big good. hit. Oh, yeah. They were amazing. And Comet loved the cake. He downed it. <laughs> those doggy cakes were really good. Loved it, so, yeah. They were from um, Patriotic Bakery in Murrieta, California, which is right near the mm -hmm. um, the dog park where we had Chuckle's birthday. Okay. And there were two of them, and I believe they were a blueberry peanut butter. Um, the the frosting was uh, yogurt. Oh, oh, nice. was Greek yogurt. So yeah. she, she told me, you know, put them on ice. So I had all these like ice packs <laughs> there. Okay, but, cool. but yeah, thanks so much. And uh, hopefully we'll see you soon at another meetup. And definitely. We definitely thank you will. for coming on the show and uh, telling us about being a dog mom. Yes, thanks for having us. Nice to meet you, Candy and Kat. <laughs> thank you. Have a great you. afternoon. You as well. Bye. 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 Uh, I love I love the new Corgi momness like brings me back to when I got Lilo and that whole journey of having a Corgi. But Lilo was not as Corgi as Mortimer is. Yes, Mortimer is very Corgi. Mortimer is my Corgiest Corgi I've ever had. It, you know, Corgiest of Corgis. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. There he is right now. There he's he like, right you talking about me? He, Hi, he is jumping he up is. on his you see him cat. right on the camera. Yes. <laughs> um. My my only my only thing is I'm, I'm hoping Carmeny's uh, sister doesn't watch the episode. <laughs> we don't want to get into trouble. Yes. <laughs> well, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. We're here for you every Thursday. All things Corgi. We try to bring you content that is both entertaining and helpful for the Corgi lifestyle. Um, we definitely agree with uh, Carmeny's points and love that she shared with us on dog momming, Corgi yes. momming, Corgi momming specifically, and dog momming in general. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All important things for all breeds. We hope that you have a wonderful night from Candy, Cat, Chuckles, Mortimer, Hammer, Digby, Booger, and Wigan at home, the entire Corgi committee. We'll see you next week. Bye.